Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Chris Wallace is the co-founder and president of Interview, a marketing consulting firm that helps companies align their brand and product stories with their customer-facing teams. At Interview, Chris draws from his nearly 20 years of sales, marketing, and corporate leadership to help companies engage their frontline teams in new ways, producing improved customer experiences and better financial results. Beyond his work with clients, Chris has been able to apply his passions as a teacher and a thought leader. And he's here with us today to share insights on measuring your brand alignment internally. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Chris. Lori, thanks so much for having me. Great job with that bio, by the way. It got me excited about my own bio. So thank <laughs> Are you. Are you saying you're excited about yourself? I, and normally I wouldn't be, but but you you, you delivered that very well. Thank you for well, thank you for the kind welcome. Well, thank you. I tell you, you have got an incredible topic, and we're going to dive into it in a moment here. But to tee it up. We're an integrated marketing communications firm, and quite often when we're developing strategies, the aha moment that we have with our clients is actually peeling off the onion, not from the outside, but really taking a look at the inside out. And that's going to be our focus point today is really understanding where we're missing the boat from a brand alignment standpoint with the greatest people that we've got to really instill brand alignment, our own team members. Before we get there, though, Chris, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey to ultimately starting your own business. Sure, sure. I appreciate that. So my journey, just like most entrepreneurs, is a twisted and broken road, so to speak. But um, I actually just celebrated 10 years as an entrepreneur, and hopefully I've learned a few things along that path. But I think the best way to tell my story is to share that I've been in many different sales roles throughout my career and kind of have sales in my DNA, as well as, you know, so do all the folks on my team. And we've all sort of walked a mile in the shoes of the customer facing teams, right? You got the corporate shiny tower. In our case, we're mostly working with larger organizations, bigger brands. And the shiny tower has, you know, these new products, these new ideas, these new messages that they want to bring to market. And the folks who, who have to bring that story to the customers, you know, and stand in front of a customer and explain it, they get hit with a lot of stuff. You know, over the last 10 years, my team and I have really been able to bring the voice of that frontline audience to the corporate clients that we work with and really help them understand kind of what life in the trenches is like. We sort of bring that perspective. So our journey really is one of a bunch of salespeople who have you know, really learned the marketing side of the game and been able to apply something that we've really found to be a big gap in most organizations, which is this idea of getting the right story from that corporate ivory tower down to the front lines. You know, it's so important. And the disconnects that you can inhibit and eliminate from an overall sales strategy uh, with marketing alignment, I think is really, you know, we'll see those companies really excel from a fast growth standpoint versus slow growth companies who just don't have that internal alignment. And why is it that you don't see most companies really taking a peek inside before going outside? 
Yeah, I think that there's a couple of reasons. There's a view that you can market your way to prosperity. And what I mean by that is you can drive enough customers to your inbound channels that it's just going to kind of take care of itself. You know, demand is going to, you know, be driven and you're going to be able to, you know, turn that into sales. That's just not the reality for most organizations, big and small. You know, you really rely on your frontline teams to be able to talk up the new things that you have, to really be the ambassadors for the the different services and products that you're offering to your client base. And really, everybody has to be selling and marketing and be the face of your organization at all times. That's where you're really going to see the growth coming from. So we're just big believers that if you connect with folks in a different way, if you connect with your team members in a different way, they're going to tell that story better and more effectively in front of the customer. Well, and it becomes very real and authentic, right? We have to believe in what we're selling or there's the authenticity just is not there. Well, yeah. And I think that's where the biggest breakdown comes that we see. You know, when you, when you think about why organizations struggle with this, most companies, again, big and small, believe that, you know, the approach that they take is when we have something that we need our employees to do, we're going to share information with them. Let's tell them all the details. Let's give them all the specs. Let's give them the one pager. Let's give them the ebook. Let's give them all the information and expect that they're going to take that information. They're going to translate it into a story that they're comfortable telling and they're going to deliver it. The reality is that assumption is just off. In today's day and age, your customer-facing teams, they decide what information they're going to deliver to the customer and what, what they're not going to. Companies struggle to really look at their frontline audiences as a group to be won over as opposed to a group to be trained. We always talk about it at interview, the difference between knowledge and belief. And most organizations have doubled down on knowledge, information, spread information, communications, training, and they push out all this information. But what's lacking is really that aspect where they convince their frontline teams that the message they're delivering is actually a valuable one for the customer. That's typically where we come in is really trying to drive past knowledge and move toward belief. You know, it's such a good concept. And and I would imagine that the front end, as you were explaining all that, I wrote down the word believers before you even brought forward the concept of knowledge and belief. And that truly is, I think, how we outsell the competition. It ties into the way in which we develop the graphics that help salespeople sell to more often, right? But it also becomes so entrenched in the culture and the meaning behind what we do each and every day that escalates the positive outcomes that we all try to achieve. That's very well said. And there's one word that I think sums up most of the reason why most of our clients hire us, and that's momentum. Most of the time when we're brought in, there is something in an organization, and it could be related to the brand positioning. It could be related to a new product launch. It could be customer experience related, but there's a place where they're struggling to get momentum with their frontline teams. And so often what we find is, The people at the front lines, they just choose when they tune out. They choose what they care about. They choose when to tune in and when to tune out. And they're not really, for lack of a better phrase, held accountable for that. And that's fine. I'm not saying that they should be put on performance improvement plans for not pushing every single message out that the company wants them to. I think that this idea of rather than going the accountability route, putting them in a position where they want to talk about things, where they're compelled, right? You have to compel them to act. We always talk at interview about how marketing is behavior change on a mass scale. Marketers are trying to compel action. And most organizations, when it comes to the people that they really need to believe and that they need to drive the right behaviors from, their frontline teams or customer-facing teams, that's not the approach they take. They take a very compliance-driven approach 
we believe it's much more impactful if somebody chooses to do it because right now they're choosing not to do it. Let's take the other approach and try to get them compelled to do it in the first place. I love it. And you brought up some great, great examples of things that can really inhibit momentum. Do you see a difference with inside sales teams versus external client-facing sales teams and what those inhibitors might be, or are they typically the same ones? So there are some that are same, there's some that are different. Now, I will say that the ones that are the same are typically information overload or you know, just sheerly being the tsunami of information being pushed from the top down in these organizations is huge. And you know, again, that's big and small. I mean, there's a lot of information to digest. So I think that's a commonality between them. But the approach that we take at an interview is ultimately we want to drive the best customer experience possible, right? The output of this is great customer experience, more sales, those things go hand in hand. And we look at an inside sales rep and an outside sales rep, the way that they engage and the way they interact is very different. The way they deliver the message is going to need to be slightly different. We take very similar approach internally that a marketer would take externally. We measure you know, what these different audiences think. We have a, a proprietary tool called a, the brand transfer study and the brand transfer score. And we can measure how well the message is getting from the corporate team down to these various internal audiences. So we can measure what an inside sales team thinks versus what the outside sales team thinks. And then the support that we provide to them can be tailored to their channel and the way they engage with customers versus a one size fits all approach, which is what most organizations do. We went back and did an analysis of our brand transfer studies. Now we've done dozens of these with over 7,000 frontline employees that have participated in brand transfer studies. And 56% of the brand transfer studies that we have done, the corporate team has rated their brand's performance lower than the frontline teams. Wow. You mentioned something about starting at the top and this idea that 56% of the time, the performance rating of the brand is lower at the corporate level more than half the time than it is at the field level. Now, that blew us away because we went into this expecting that it would be a cask, it would be a waterfall effect. It would be right. starts a corporate, and then by the time it gets to the leadership team, it falls off a little bit. By the time it gets to the frontline teams, it falls off a little bit more. And then you sort of have this fall off from, from node to node. But what we're finding is the corporate teams, so much of the time, they're cranking stuff out so fast and stuff is half-baked. And then they push it out to the frontline teams and they wonder why it's not gaining momentum. Well, you don't have confidence in it. Why are you asking them to have confidence in it? So they need to rethink how they position it because, and and that's most of our engagements and a lot of our engagements, we end up going back and saying, whoa, 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 you're not even confident in what the story is. We've got to understand where you believe the brand can truly win. And then we need to take that message back out to your teams because right now you're selling a whole story you don't even believe in. So I just thought that was one interesting stat. It is. And in most situations, you know, that frontline team is not going to push back because they're looking at it as the holy grail. It's coming from corporate. We better push it out this way. We've seen this every company we work with when they push something new out, whether it's a brand message or it's a product or whatever, the frontline teams just ignore it. They just say, I'm not going to get fired over this. I'm going to go back to selling all the stuff that I'm comfortable with. And it's truly a situation where You need to invest a greater level of effort to get them to adopt things than you did in the past, simply because they get in a comfort zone. You're launching all this new stuff. Unless you threaten to fire them, they're not going to adopt. You have to make them want to do it. You can't force them to do it. So we see it all the time. Which is why this belief system is so important. Tell us a little bit more about the brand transfer score. I think it's actually 
an incredible concept because, you know, people throw darts, let's face facts about what could be happening and what is not happening. This concept of a brand transfer score really provides us a platform to learn and grow from. And you don't see that too often in sales. Yeah. And I appreciate the opportunity to to share something about it, but a point that you made is so important, this idea of throwing darts. Okay. What we've done with the brand transfer study is we have taken a market research principles. And instead of going out and gathering voice of the customer insights, we are gathering internal insights or what we would call voice of the internal customer, right? So these folks that are actually influencing the the customer's decisions, they're interacting with them directly. What they think and their attitudes and their perceptions can impact ultimately the decision the customer makes and the experience they have with your company. This idea of throwing darts, when we actually do the measurement, we're able to strip away the bias that you have at the corporate level. And I can give you some examples. One example that we have right now is lately we've been doing brand transfer studies. And one of the biggest factors that we see is a very large gap between the perception of how a company is doing from a technology standpoint at the corporate level versus at the customer facing level. There's so much anxiety at the corporate level of we're not doing enough around technology, our website, our self-service tools, all those different customer facing aspects of their digital strategy. There's a ton of anxiety about technology at the corporate level. And in turn, they're taking that and they're pushing out information. Here's what we're doing with technology. Here's where we're improving. And they're so focused on that because they have bias around it. And what we're hearing from the front lines is they don't have anxiety around technology. They need to compete and operate in the day-to-day, right? That's bigger picture stuff. So we're seeing that disconnect. But instead of going with the bias of the corporate team saying, we've got to educate our team on everything we're doing from a technology standpoint, there might be other things that are more relevant, more important to them right now. By doing this measurement process, we're able to get underneath that and give real insights to the corporate team so they aren't guessing and spending a lot of resources that aren't actually helping their people deliver a better experience for the customer. And are you able to really understand who the brand evangelists are, those believers versus the non-believers who might just need to move on? The answer is no. The reason the answer is no is the way that we do this, it is anonymized throughout the organization. So we're looking at the insights more in aggregate and by channel and by you know customer facing group than we are by person. So we're really trying to get underneath kind of where is the breakdown happening? Why is the breakdown happening? So we don't do it down to the person level, but in some cases you can trace it back to a leader that maybe right. is not bought in, right? So a team, a region. So you can start to trace it back. But we don't really want to approach it from an audit perspective. We really want to treat it as something that is, you know, giving out people the opportunity to have a voice in the process and be able to move forward sort of in an aligned, engaged way. So um, we're not able to really pinpoint whether or not they have that individual buy-in. So it's not about moving on from people. It's about really helping to amplify the things that they do believe in and getting them more confident through that process. For our listeners today who are, you know, fast growth companies, small to medium sized uh, companies who may not have the enterprise budget yet, what tips can you provide them to take a look at their inside teams, you know, two or three tips perhaps on what they could do to begin to uncover what the brand transfer score might provide? Yeah. So first is the, the mindset. Anytime you are gathering feedback, frontline feedback, just that process, you're winning, right? You're better off by doing that. But specific tips would be make sure that the process is structured, 
make sure that it, it is regular and ongoing. There's a difference between doing kind of structured research and gathering insights and just sending a survey monkey. Sending a survey monkey is better than doing nothing. The problem with the survey monkey in many cases is there's a lot of confirmation bias. So you have people that will build the study to confirm one of their hunches. So they ask the questions in certain ways to confirm their hunches. With the brand transfer study, what we've been able to do is really strip a lot of that out. It's kind of ungameable, right? People say, well, they're just going to tell you what they think you want to hear. The reality is you can't do that with our study. They can't guess what you want to hear. If they do, it's not going to work out that way. So trying to strip as much of the bias out and having it be a regular structured approach where you're gathering that frontline feedback, it doesn't matter how big your team is, right? You could have 10 people. If you're gathering that feedback on an ongoing basis, we've done a brand transfer study with our own team. Now, it's not a statistically relevant sample size, so we're not going to go you know, publish a research study on it, but we've done it with our own team. And even just with the team that we have, it was eye-opening the feedback that we got, the perceptions around how we position ourselves and things like that. So anytime you're gathering that feedback, you're winning. Well, the insights are fabulous. And truly the anecdotal side of it, I think probably goes a long way as well. So you go through a brand transfer study through an organization like Chris's, or you ultimately, you know, come up with some of these questions on your own and and gain that insight. The worst thing possible is that you don't do anything with it, right? How do you suggest companies, once they truly understand what the difference is between that knowledge and that belief and the key attributes on what they can do based on those insights, what they can do to push them out to the marketplace. What do you suggest our audience does at that stage to really win the long game? Yeah. So the challenge there, and I I want to just accentuate your point. I completely agree with you. The worst thing you can do is do nothing. We warn clients all the time about doing town halls. Companies Uh always say, well, we're going to do town halls. And what ends up happening is they turn into complaint fests. You might want to use a different word for that. They turn into complaint fests and the organization hears a lot of things and they're like, oh, we see a lot of opportunity to improve. And then it all just dies on the vine, right? Right. So I don't look at that as structured, regular feedback. That really is just giving people a venue to complain unless you really harness it. So typically what we do is when we get the feedback, one of the questions that we're asking, or we ask a series of questions around what are the ways that you want to consume the information? How do you want to sort of experience our brand story? And that's what we believe in. How can you get your people to experience the brand story that you're trying to deliver, not just tell them, right? How can you show them? How can you express it? How can you immerse them in what it means to deliver that value proposition? So we are typically building campaigns with our clients where we're pushing the boundaries of what they would typically do from a, call it a communication standpoint. I'll give you an example. You know, large manufacturing client that we work with, we did a brand transfer study. We heard feedback from their sales team. These are outside sales reps. They said, please do not do any more product webinars. You chain us to our desk for 90 minutes. Somebody just does a dog and pony show about how great the new product is. Everybody tunes out. They're checking their email. They're checking their fantasy football account. Let's be real. So we gathered this feedback from them and we you know, gathered some input on kind of how they'd like to consume the information. We took sort of this webinar concept and we sort of spun it into a a podcast series. So now we were programming with their corporate leadership team, a podcast series that were like 17, 18 minutes long. So sales reps driving from appointment to appointment could be brushing up on what was a very important topic to the organization. They could be brushing up on it, hearing from their corporate leadership team, providing feedback and helping, you know, have that feedback drive what the next episode and what the future content was going to be. So hearing them and reacting in a way that says, we get it. 
you know, we're going to do this on your terms, not ours, but it's no different than marketing. Marketers cannot market to consumers on their terms. They have to market on the consumer's terms. This is no different than that. Find out how they want to be reached, do things in a different and interesting way, and you're going to find people paying a lot closer attention. Well, and quite frankly, authenticity starts at the top, right? So when you don't take a, you know, shove it down your throat approach and you take a very conversational approach with it, it really helps the team feel far more aligned. It allows, you know, upper management to be more human. And I'm sure that that really helps create momentum in the marketplace. So companies that take this introspective approach versus companies that do not What are some numbers or just some anecdotal details that you can share with us rather on how this really can catapult a brand and the positive outcomes in the marketplace? Yeah. So I'll give you one example. You know, one of our favorite examples, we did work with a large online jewelry brand. I'll leave their name out for the purposes of this discussion, but um, large online jewelry brand. And we helped them understand what the, the gap was between their external brand position and what was happening through their, in this case, it was a call center, customer facing teams through a call center. Now, mind you, these folks, we actually helped when we were supporting this team. There was a one representative sold a $500,000 diamond over the phone. Oh my gosh. Take that in for a second. Okay. Now the typical sale is your, is going to be your average engagement ring. But in some cases you have people who are spending tremendous amounts of money and you'd say, well, how can this really pay off? Well, it can pay off. And by really understanding what message drove the customer to call them to their website in the first place, their knowledge, their expertise, their history in the industry, that was not aligning with the way they were engaging these customers. So we helped them take a look at what the brand was externally, what was happening internally, and really bring those into closer alignment and really define the behaviors that align with the brand. Because ultimately, that's what it is. It's a translation process of How can we act in a way that is consistent with our brand? Because if we do, we're going to be delivering on customers' expectations and we're going to win. In their case, their conversion rate went up 33%. Wow. Now, anybody that has been in a call center sales environment, an increase of 33% in your conversion rate, the efficiency that that brings to your business and what the impact is on your bottom line, same people, same amount of calls, one third more are turning into sales the revenue impact to this organization was tremendous. And and you're talking about cultural shifts at this point. I mean, the way in which people think, live, breathe the brand and the effect it has on the outside is completely different after a program like this. It truly is. And it's just a lot more fun. I know that people are afraid of that word. They they feel like it's, you know, it's not business-like or it's not professional to, you know, focus on something that's fun. Let's be honest. If reminding people of what makes their brand great and doing it in a fun way, it energizes people. You know, I had a call center agent one time tell me, a young woman, and she had young children. She said to me, she goes, there's one thing I teach my children. It's that, that energy transfers, oh, energy transfers. It. And she said, I try to transfer that energy that I have on the phone to my customers And if you're doing things that are fun for your people, I'm not talking about just, you know, snacks in the break room and things like that. I'm really talking about reminding them how important their role is in serving that customer and how great of a brand they actually do work for and what the value is to the consumer that energizes people and energy transfers. And that pays off in real results. 
And you're always going to have the naysayers or the saboteurs that, you know, aren't in it to win it. And I think in these situations, they will simply weed themselves out. But how do you get to the point of really maintaining the energy day in and day out? So it does become, you know, woven into not just the way we sell, but the way in which it becomes a cultural magnet. Yeah. The best way is to utilize the people that work for the organization as the conduits for it, right? To, to make sure that they are the champions of it. And it really comes in, in two ways. The first is peer-to-peer engagement, peer-to-peer interaction. So giving them platforms through which they can share ideas, where they can you know, share tips on you know, how they're interacting with customers, the words that they're saying, what customers want, because that's changing all the time, right? Think about the last year, right? Think about how much has changed from a customer perspective giving employees a platform to share with one another what is working and what is not is key. And the second piece is giving them the flexibility. We don't believe in scripting. We don't believe in really auditing this type of approach. We believe in giving them guidelines, giving them pillars and allowing them the flexibility to work within those pillars. So giving them the encouragement and the empowerment to push the envelope a little bit, to staying within those guardrails, so to speak, but really to try new things and to try to innovate if you give them an environment where, you know, continuous improvement is part of the culture, you're going to see them continue to raise the bar of that interaction with the customer, of that customer experience. So those would be the two things is empower them to continue to innovate themselves and also give them the, the platform to share with each other. I think it's fantastic. We're talking about measuring your brand alignment. It starts with understanding what your perception gap is. I tell you, Chris Wallace, what a pleasure having you on the show today, a topic we have not covered before. Thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Lori, thank you so much for the chance. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.